We have had such a great response to our latest episode featuring Dr. Zach Seidler talking about modern masculinity. From social media chats to teen conversations over coffee, our pod club community around the world has had a lot to say. On social media, we had a range of comments posted. Richard said, a great conversation with Zach. Congrats on the new podcast series. A great shout out for Mates in Construction too. Zach's views on modern masculinity and help seeking beyond basic encouragement is a must listen. Thanks, Richard. We had another listener, Chris, who reflected on the concept of modernizing masculinity and said, modernizing a term that is commonly used for discriminatory reasons, such as by heterosexual men towards gay men or even gay men towards other gay men to specify their personal preferences, has the potential to do more harm than good, particularly within the suicide prevention sector where minority groups that are so closely aligned to its use are recognized as high risk. He goes on to say that when others, including part of my extended family, identified a lack of masculinity in my childhood as part of the reason why I'm gay, not only did it make me angry, it also made me question why masculinity was still seen as being required within a family unit. It's not. It never has been and it never will be. Why would anyone who's been in this situation or know what it feels like support modernizing it? Chris also said that while diversity and intersectionality amongst people who identify as men is being more commonly recognized, it can't be overlooked that many of the most common forms of discrimination were systematically created by cisgendered, white, heterosexual, able-bodied men. Discrimination such as sexism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism. While significant progress has been made to right these wrongs, Chris says that we're still well short of equality for many populations. Creating safe, accessible and inclusive spaces for people to talk about what they're feeling and to seek support is one thing, but attempting to modernize in an accessible and inclusive way while not sufficiently addressing or demonstrating an understanding of the root cause and its subsequent impacts is a lot bigger issue and still to this day remains unacknowledged by large pockets of the mental health and suicide prevention sectors. That gives us a lot of food for thought. Thank you so much for sharing that, Chris. Now, Living Works trainer Paul had some insights to share from a training perspective and said, focus on authenticity and delivering the message. Some men seem like less ideal students in that they present as less interested, more defensive or less willing to participate. Paul says, keep going. These men are digesting everything. And when they do decide to speak up, the depth and insight of what they have to say will show they've been involved all along, albeit less vocally. He says it's also important to be open about being challenged and knowledgeable enough to have a deep discussion when the time is right. Thank you so much, Paul. We also had some audio messages come through to us from people wanting to share what they find works when engaging men in suicide prevention. We heard from an Aussie grassroots group called Men's Table who recently did a CIS training in Australia. Here's what they had to say about their group and the training. The first men's table started in June 2011. I was experiencing a few problems and it's still going. Nine and a half years later, we've got 11 of the original 12 guys who meet on the third Wednesday of every single month. We have a cheap meal. We talk about the highs and lows of our lives. At the beginning of 2019, another guy from a table, David Poynton, called me and said, what are we doing about men's work? Men need to get together in community what we're doing about community. So we decided to start more tables. So we went back to the first table and we said, what makes this work? And we realized there was a set of kind of fundamentals around that that really makes it work. They serve as two purposes, to stop the table from fracturing, which is really 
no politics, no religion, no alpha male behaviour, but also helping men talk about how they feel. So that involves one item in particular, which is no fixing. So men aren't allowed to jump in and try and fix somebody else. It's all about really support and being in service for other men. What we try and do is make men realise that they don't come to the table in crisis. They come as a sense of purpose and a sense of service. But when that crisis does arrive, in my word, everybody will have a crisis in their life where they could do with some support. They already have that support group. We use the men's table as a resource to make sure that they are really offering up service to their community and making sure they are in community and they have a sense of purpose. Everything we talk about at the table stays in the vault. We don't bring the things up that we've heard at the table. However, there's an element of storytelling which really gives us situations where we can realise things are happening and we can relate those and through that we can tell the story of the men's table. Of course, we've heard issues around the table which have gone taken people into dark places. So... The assist course was really an essential life skill that we wanted to really offer the men. And it's not just obviously about the men, it's about the ripples that this can have out in the community. Not if they have to use it, but also because they've got those skills of making sure that they are listening. You know, listening is a really key aspect of what we do at the men's table, and that's a key aspect of obviously the assist course. So we booked it in to make sure that we've got people, hopefully sitting at each table, will have the skills. If they hear some kind of issue, a dark issue going on at a table, they have the skills to actually react to that and not feel lost, not floundered, not feel overly responsible without the skills. So yeah, we, we've been thrilled with today you know this we're, we're one and a half days in i've been fortunate to do this course twice i highly recommend it because it's an absolute life skill put it this way if you can talk to somebody you can save them they could well go on to have such a beautiful fruitful life that they might not have had the opportunity to have the people who love them and are around them will have that person for the rest of their lives there's no greater gift when i talk to people about doing this course I often say there is no more important course than you could possibly do because it is literally a matter of life and death. We also received a message from the chair of the Construction and Industry Alliance for Suicide Prevention in the United States, Michelle Walker. She does a lot of work with Living Works and our friends at Mates in Construction. Here's what she had to say about what works when engaging men in male-dominated workforces. So when it comes to suicide prevention and construction, one of the aspects that we definitely recognize is this topic of masculinity. And with such a high percentage of the workforce being male, that's definitely one of the risk factors that leads to construction having such a high rate of suicide. So what we really focus on and encourage employers to do is to focus on building those peer support networks within the workplace. So recognizing that men may not be as inclined or likely to have friendships and strong relationships where people can recognize warning signs and offer help. If we can use the workplace and in construction, we have crews and teams that work together. And if we can work to strengthen those and encourage that those people that are working together get to know one another and empower them with information and with training to recognize warning signs and make speaking out, either asking for help for themselves or talking to somebody 
who they are concerned about, making that a sign of strength, making that a positive thing that's encouraged by leaders within the workplace is really key. And I think that's a really important way in which employers can be leaders on this and can kind of help to break down some of those barriers that masculinity can create from people asking for help. So really that peer support network and using the workplace as that avenue for those to occur and to happen, that then they may be more likely to even bridge those other aspects of their life, but really using that as the starting place and it to be encouraged with leadership support and vocal leadership encouragement to help one another is really a key factor to overcoming the masculine challenges towards seeking help. And finally, I just wanted to say thank you to all the people from around the world who got in touch with us to say how much they love the pod club idea. Not bad for the first episode in the series in our first go at pod club. So thank you so much. Keep the comments coming in and stay tuned for the next episode of A World Where Living Works, available on all your usual podcast players next week. See you in pod club.